Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Friday. It's November 30th. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site, but you don't want to type in all those uh, keys on your keypads. You just type in DFSR.com and you go to DFSR.com slash deals. And that's a special offer for the podcast listener. Uh, free trial for seven days and then a discounted rate of twenty four ninety five a month and you're good to go. Uh, optimal lineups for NBA, FanDuel, and DraftKings. It covers our NFL package as well. Betting picks that are coming out three to four days a week. Premium chat. It's all there on their one subscription package. So go check it out. DFSR.com slash deals. No risk. You just get it free for seven days. You like it. You stick around. You don't like it. You leave and then you uh, go off and do something else, and you never want to hear from me again. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's how you that's how you keep customers around. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com/deals. Go and check it out. Big Friday in basketball. Um, pretty exciting games last night. The Warriors uh, and Raptors. Warriors were able to hang just enough with the Raptors, take them to overtime, but then eventually talent wins out. But uh, KD, man, he just uh, he was he was just lethal. I don't know. There was a debate in our chat about where KD lands in terms of like best players in the NBA. It's always easier to have these debates when the guy's just completely going ham during a game you're watching and it's easy to say, oh, he's better than LeBron or like whatever it is. You have a if you had a like I know I'm kinda of putting you on the spot and we'll get into these games in a second, but if you had a if you had I was kind of doing a thing of like a guy I would want to if I had to play a game right now, this is the guy I would want. If I had to have a guy for the next four years, this is the guy I would want. And if I had to have mm-hmm. a guy for the next eight years, this is what I would want. Um do you have like a do you either you could take a guess on like where my rankings were? I don't know if you have a a way you would break that down. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot because we didn't talk about this. My guy watches the one Kevin Durant game, and now he's ready. Kevin Durant is the guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> no, I guess I don't. <laughs> the one the one game, five games, five years, whatever thing, always... I, I, I'd rather think about it in terms of this season versus, like, for the next five years. It seems like Giannis would ha- almost have to be the guy in the five-year thing just because the upside and the excitement level mm-hmm. and the, the, the age. I don't know. But uh, in terms of... This year, I think you can make an argument that Durant's the best player. I mean, being able to shoot 50% and score 30 points a game is pretty good. <laughs> so uh, so you'll take it. But I don't know. Anthony Davis is pretty damn good, too. He's got injury concerns. And I don't know. It's And it's just so hard to know on an individual level who's the best player just because team context matters so much, too. And it's not that difficult to look like the best player in the league when you're on the best team in the league, too. So. Yeah, I think that if you looked at the cast of characters he was playing with last night when he's just like playing crunch time with like Jarebko and Livingston or Iguodala and this and, and like Kevin Looney and whatever, and he's still there able to take the, a very good team to uh, overtime. It does make a case for it. I went like I went LeBron and then Durant a few more years out, and then I went Giannis. That, that so you take LeBron for this year? Yeah, for one game right now I would yeah take LeBron. One yeah. game. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I know I know this oh, like okay. these like totally arbitrary endpoints. I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to discuss like about you know just I think it more speaks to like how what like hierarchy of players is, and that's the that's the fun part about sports usually is just the debate so anyway that's what we were debating in our chat room last night let's talk about what is going on on friday in the friday uh pretty full slate of basketball here 
not as crazy as Wednesday where we had just some nutso lines. Um, we had like about four or five games that had double-digit spreads or more, so we were sort of worried about blowout. Uh, most of the games actually did end up in blowout. There were a couple that kept it close, but not as much of that issue um, going on here tonight. The first game, 7 o'clock, Washington goes in and plays Philly. Uh, the injury news here, Dwight looks like he's going to miss uh, significant time. He has to have surgery, uh, glute surgery. So insert whatever jokes, stupid jokes anyone's going to make here. We're not going to do it. But um, Dwight is now, gonna, <laughs> is now not going to. That was your version of the stupid <laughs> jokes. I wanna, I got, you got to nod to it without, a, without, without paying it too much mind, I don't think. Anyway, he's out. Uh, Washington looks like a total mess at times. Uh, they have to seem like they have to play Wall and Beal. Well, okay, so it would seemingly feel like they would need to play Wall and Beal all the minutes. It didn't happen with Wall last game. He ended up just sitting most of the third and or at the end of the third quarter and most of the fourth before finally coming in, getting t- totally buzzed off in minutes. Where do you stand on trying to p- portion out these Wizard minutes, and then we could talk a little bit about Philly? Yeah, I mean, so the Wizards are a team that I would rather not play on any given night unless there's tremendous value that presents itself um, for a couple of reasons. The first is that these big guys like Wall and Beal tend to play a lot of minutes when things are going well, and especially Beal is now priced to that effect, right? I mean, this is a guy that over two games played 93 minutes last week, and then he played 34 minutes against New Orleans in a rel- relatively close game that you would have expected him to play a little bit more. Uh, now he's exceedingly expensive, especially on FanDuel, and unless you're just going to pencil him in for 40 minutes, which he could get there, but he needs every all those 40 minutes to pay an $8,300 price tag, so... I don't know how pumped you are about that. I mean, we already saw that Wall kind of fall apart on you. I mean, really, Wall this season just hasn't been a $9,200 player in general. The yeah. uh, the time of possession has kind of come and gone. The assist have ticked back up, but they're still not going to settle in at 2016 numbers. I don't know. I, I, people tend, seem to like Wall a lot more than I do. I'm, I'm never too enthusiastic when I see him in the lineup. Uh, and then the other guy from the Wizards that will probably wind up looking at is Markeith Morris. Uh, he is a guy that does see, stand to see... A significant increase in minutes, uh, also rebounds because he'll play closer to the basket with Dwight out. And you know he played 40 minutes against Houston. He did play 32 against New Orleans, but even he he's going to have foul trouble issues. He can have performance issues when the shot's not falling. So I don't know. I mean, maybe if like one of these guys winds up in the lineup just because that's how the price works, that's fine. I wouldn't be excited going all in on Phil- or, uh, Washington tonight though. Yeah, I I pretty much fall. I mean, here's the other. I fall mostly in line with what you're saying here. This game does have a pretty high total, 235 right now. We are waiting on totals for a couple of other games. That total is of the ones that are already posted. That is easily the highest over under of the day. Strikes me as a little high. I like I I don't know. Philly's a very good defense, they, and they're they're not necessarily vastly better with Butler there because Covington was a great defender. So you don't. Get, it's not like a defensive upgrade going from uh, Covington to Butler. I don't think. Um, but they're still they're still just a damn good defense they're eighth in the league right now and again i don't think they drop off too much losing covington so um they're a top you call them a top 10 defense washington is just at times just struggles to score uh on the washington excuse me on the philly side um Embiid's just been a complete animal this guy has made a a, kind of like another leap into (laughs) he already sort of started making the leap last year now he's making another leap where he's just playing basically max minutes in close games and looks borderline unstoppable. They are going to, Washington's going to feature Thomas Bryant at center for 15 minutes, and then they're going to cede it to Marcus Morris, or excuse me, Markeith Morris. Do you see Embiid, I mean, could Embiid just put up a monster in this game? They're going to have almost no way to defend him in the post. It wouldn't, it wouldn't seem based on the personnel they've been running out there. 
Yeah, so Embiid's a funny one. I mean, he first of all passes the sniff, immediate sniff test of fantasy points per minute on his current prices. So you love to see that. 54 fantasy points a game, uh, $11,000 salary. And like we saw against New York, when the matchup is right, he doesn't even need his full run of minutes to get there. I mean, he dropped 58 fantasy points on them in just 30 minutes on the court. Uh, right now, Washington, I mean, I just kind of wonder actually if Washington's going to wind up leaving Bryant out there for additional minutes because... Like, Markeith Morris doesn't have a credible chance to cover Embiid down low, right? He's just going to... Markeith no. already is a foul box, and going up against one of the league's best offensive centers is just a recipe for disaster. So, yeah, with Embiid, he was in 18% playing cash games in his last game against the Knicks. I suspect you could see a higher number on that, given that the prices come down. He was 11-2 in that game, 11000 now. So, yeah, I, I like Embiid tonight. Uh, there's some reasonable punt plays at centers, so that might take away from some ownership there. But, yeah, definitely won't be surprised if he is very, very highly owned in all formats. Yeah, I mean, they they tried Brian out against Davis at center last week, or last game, and Davis shot 21 times and had 28 points and 15 rebounds. They they, they moved Brian out off and put Markeith on him, and he just destroyed him. So I, yeah. And this is actually, for, I mean, in terms of just size, uh, this is actually just an even bigger problem in terms of like just like just overall strength. I mean, Davis is great, obviously too, but like this is an even bigger problem I think for them uh, in the post. So I think Embiid has a lot of upside. The price is getting up there at this point. Um, the the usage on the other guys just hasn't really been there because um, this is mostly just Embiid's team. You're gonna maybe get a, you know a big three point shooting performance every once in a while out of Redick. Uh, Butler has his, that usage has dropped off a cliff when he shares the court, the court with Embiid, uh, like sixteen percent usage or something like that while they're on the court together. So. Um, you're really not expecting much out of him. And then it's Simmons. So interesting game, big total. Not sure how much fantasy stuff we're going to want to get into on these guys, mostly because a lot of these teams are just probably priced, uh, they're just priced appropriately. All right, Chicago goes in and plays Detroit. Detroit, nine and a half point favorites. Lower total here. Uh, our system loves Blake and Drummond in this matchup uh, against the interior defense. Uh, I'm putting defense in quotes. <laughs> the interior defense of <laughs> of the Bulls. Um, right now, I mean, Aaron Baines is there. So, and because Horford's already been ruled out, so we're going to talk about Chicago or Boston here in a second. But right behind him, in terms of our projections, is Drummond. It just want, it, they've been so bad about defending centers here. Do you think Drummond right now, especially on DraftKings, and it's man, it's even so close, even with Baines with Drummond uh, on uh, on FanDuel. Could you see him as a cash game player? Or are you just worried the minutes have kind of his performance just does some at times seem to come and go? Yeah, it's less a performance issue with Drummond and more of a minutes question. I mean, they beat the Knicks by seven points. He played thirty minutes only. Um, they beat Phoenix by eleven. Other starters played their minutes. He played thirty-one. He obviously played a huge game against Houston. Got in foul trouble against Houston the game before that, and then he was playing much higher and more consistent minutes. So really, with Drummond, I mean, as with every player, but. Pinning down what the real plan is on Drummond's minutes is the real art here, and I think it's just going to be difficult to do that. I think he unquestionably has upside on the order of Embiid or, or any of these other guys, but can you really just look at this game log and say, yeah, sign this guy up for 35 minutes the way you could a week ago? I'm, I'm just not so sure. Yeah, um, I I fall in that same kind of path. Like, I, I want to be very bullish on, like, when I look at the run of 39, 36, 37 minutes, like, I want to dream on that that is the case for him. And, and it probably will be many term. more times this season, but will it be tonight is the question one has to ask oneself, you know. 
Um, I do. I think this matchup lends itself to being one of those nights where you can just keep him on the court for a long period of time. There's no one that Chicago can run out there that's going to punish him in any kind of just noticeable way at all. Like, you know, Wendell Carter Jr., no. Um, Robin Lopez, no. So, like, there's just not – you're not really running into a post problem for him. Uh, I do think that you could see, especially just with the way they run their offense, he could pile on the rebounds again. Rebounding still has not been a problem, even with the minutes come and go. 14 rebounds, 16, 20, 11, 16, 12 in the last six games. So it's really just been kind of – just trying to get there on the defensive stats and the scoring. I think on DraftKings at 9,700, you just or 9,400, that seems like a, just a crazy, amazing deal with the double double potential. Um, huge upside on that price. I think I'm fine there, and you probably end up running Baines out uh, on FanDuel just because that's a nice punt play. What about Blake? Uh, they've been a little bit better about defending power forwards this year, Chicago. Um, Blake's minutes don't seem as in question. He's been just awesome like basically from a fantasy point uh, perspective here shooting well from three all this all the stuff you kind of want to see does he strike you maybe more on FanDuel as one of the two power forward plays you could roll out there yeah power forward is really weak so I'm always down for a little bit of Blake I would uh, not share your same level of enthusiasm just about how awesome he's been though in the last five games he, you've been like fine on this price once and then disappointed every other time so you know these are different matchups but some of these teams he's gone up against cleveland phoenix new york in that stretch he didn't pay value against any of those guys so i I, i'm just not sure what his like right price would be right now uh it is a good matchup against chicago there is a little bit of blowout risk i could play him but i'm not gonna you know go out of my way to build my lineup around him or anything you know what's interesting about him is that he's one of these guys that strikes me as he he actually scores points in so many different ways and hasn't had a, hasn't had a game recently where he's just put it all together. So because he's had an eleven assist game in the short term, he's had double digit rebounding games three games in a row. Uh, the, you know he's had a nine assist game, and then he just hasn't had a game where it all like he he strikes me as a guy that has a triple double upside and just hasn't maybe put it all together for a single game. They, that's the assists are probably part of the problem is the rest of his personnel is so bad like around the perimeter. The guys that he could really benefit from his skill set, they just the Reggie Bullocks and Glenn Robbins of the world aren't really doing him any favors when it comes to that stuff, but well they're um, not, but like, I do you think can't go you can't like in the last two games Blake combined 71 minutes, 7 rebounds, 0 defensive stats. Like he can just really disappear on you in some categories too. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. That's why that's why looking at the game log can look so weird because at times he can pile on certain stats and then they can kind of just end up just leaving. Uh, Chicago, I mean, I don't. What do you want to do with this thing? They've been playing Arcia Dacano like big minutes out of the point guard. I don't want to have any part of him. Like just basically, people played him in cash pretty, against Milwaukee, and he's been really he, good in the last he, two games. He I, shot I think threes. Will go back there. I don't know. With some of the other point guard plays that I think you can get, I, I we have him at thirty seven minutes right now. This is a guy. I know he hit his threes against Milwaukee, and he oh man, forty eight and thirty five points. I just don't. This is I'm fifty five hundred. If you're the point guard on a team with uh, with Zach Levine and Jabari Parker, your shots are gonna not be there more than they are going to be there. <laughs> so he shot yeah, he shot 14, 14 for twenty four, and he shot lights out from three, nine for fifteen. That's just not gonna continue. Like he's just. He's three games removed from an 0 for 5 and 0 for 4 performance. Eight shots, seven shots on 40 minutes. I, this is not a guy I want to play. I'd much rather look at some of the other cheaper point guards. And then the rest of the the, the Bulls personnel is just not something I'm interested in. Uh, we've seen Levine already start to regress to the mean in terms of some of his scoring. Utah goes in and plays Charlotte. Close uh, close spread here. The Hornets, one and a half point favorites. Uh, looks like you know Donovan Mitchell is going to play in this game. I I'm struggling to see much in ways to, ways to get excited about this game from a DFS perspective. I don't think Kyle Cor- Kyle Corver got traded for Alec Burks. I don't think he's going to end up playing. So maybe you see a few more bench minutes out of the some of these like you know 
combo guard wing kind of guys. But other than that, I mean, is there anything to even get remotely excited about for this game? Well, your buddy Rudy Gobert, that we uh, bent over backwards oh, to try to get out of lineups against Brooklyn, went out there and promptly dropped 61 fantasy points. Thank goodness no one else was on it either, but that was definitely a, a hard pill to swallow because he was just like forcing himself into lineups all day long, and we wound up basically just getting Mo Bamba in there. <laughs> Excuse me. Made me laugh. Uh, getting Mo Bamba in there as our starting center. He was fine. The lineup's cashed, but it just made me laugh. Um you know, it's, it's not quite as good a matchup, obviously, against Charlotte. The price hasn't really come down, but uh, I don't think he's a terrible play, I guess. I mean, I, I think the plan in reasonable games is for him to play 33 minutes. The Jazz played a long stretch of kind of weird game strips coming and going, and in a game with a two-point spread, I think you could theoretically play him. But yeah, other than that, this is probably, given that we have two podcasts ahead of us here today, Doug, this one might be just a, a standard skip. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. That Rudy Gobert thing ended up being just it was hard, so hard to stare down the barrel, like an $8,500 price know. tag on a starting center on a huge slate that had guys like Harden and, and yeah, Davis. Yeah, I, I agree with all. the take for sure. And all and Westbrook and I and I had written them up because like it's just again it's like it's you could set your clock to you set your watch to starting centers just brutalizing the Nets. I, I just it's happened every single game this year um, on lock and he just did it again. Then it just keeps getting worse for their DVP stats in that in terms of that position. Cleveland goes in and plays Boston. Boston's a twelve point favorite here. The early news, uh, at least from the Boston side, on the injury note is that Al Horford has been ruled out for rest, and Jalen Brown is going to be out too. So I think you're going to see a starting lineup of Kyrie, Tatum, Marcus Morris, uh, Aaron Baines, and I'm forgetting somebody. Ah, I'm forgetting who their four starters. Anyway, um, you're going to, you're gonna, but mostly what we're looking at, Mark, Marcus Smart. Oh, Marcus Smart, sorry. Uh, you're going to see Smart and Baines move into the starting lineup. Where do you put these guys in terms of pump plays? Do you think Baines ends up being a chalk play? Got the start for Horford last time, 23 minutes, so it's not a ton, but. He was great, though. He does find, he, he's, I know, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I do think at 35, he's 3,500 on FanDuel. Is he just the kind of lock it, set it, and forget it, move on to the other positions because this is the exact guy you want to pump with. Yeah, today. definitely on FanDuel. I think the 3,500, he was, it was interesting because it was between him and O'Quinn that night. Both had about 29% ownership, even though O'Quinn was coming off the bench and Baines, you know, doubled up on O'Quinn's total or something like that. I think you'll wind up seeing, I, I would guess you'll see Baines' ownership at north of 40%, could be higher than that, just looking at some of the other center options and just what he enables, you know, like, these days, it's just very, very popular to grab a, a guy at 3,500 who's going to start, who just could be good. We saw this with Tim Frazier the other night, too. I know we'll get to this, but Tim Frazier just basically had zero track record of doing anything at all. But given that you can drop the low score, and most people I still are, think are not totally in tune with just dropping something for the sake of dropping it. Like I think people want mm-hmm. a little bit more safety from their drops, and uh, Baines provides that. So yeah, you'll see big ownership there. Yeah, I would I, I would go higher than forty. I'd probably say like seventy percent in cash games, just because of the just because of the uh, the, the price tag is so low. Seventy um, percent is north of forty, by the way. So that's like a, a yeah, it's square well, is a rectangle, well but a rectangle. But so is nah, nah, nah. But so is forty one percent. I'm going way. I, I guess I'm I'm saying that I I, I want to, I want it to go way higher. I was I wasn't like oh I think forty two percent is more. In order. I'm <laughs> it's going, more like forty two percent. I'm going I'm going seventy five percent higher or whatever. All right. So sure. um after Baines though. Marcus Smart played a ton of minutes. He played 40 minutes in the starting role. A guy that we've seen him move into the starting lineup at times, and just that doesn't really mean anything for his fantasy scoring. It just means he's going to play more minutes, and you, and that's what you can't really count him. Exactly. You can't count on him for more shots. You can't really count on him for much else, except for you're hoping that he 
is an aggressive defender and gets there on some of the defensive stats and maybe just chips in a rebound here and there. But at that at that price at the price point and the minutes, can you talk yourself into Marcus Smart? He's forty three hundred. We have him. Oh, I have him at thirty minutes. That's too low. Um, but if we bump it up to like thirty five, thirty six minutes, which could be in order here, um, would he? Would you kind of just plug your nose and hope that he just doesn't? He gets enough minutes to cover you from a fantasy perspective. I would. Yeah. I mean, I think there's guys that are in our lineups right now or that are flirting with our lineups guys like jonathan simmons who had who's a, a huge shock play on wednesday who I, I like smart better than him i think the minutes are probably more secure and the production even if it's not spectacular it might be more secure too so yeah I, I don't mind smart i think even if it edged out one of those other guys i'd be happy to play him yeah um i just you, you're gonna have to kind of live with the fact that he's gonna take like eight shots in 40 minutes or something like that like that's just that's when you share the court with Kyrie and tatum and these some of these other guys that boston runs out there a guy like smart is just not gonna be a guy taking people off the dribble he's gonna be hoping for you know some wide open threes and that's just kind of it like the, his game is to be a disruptor um and not really be a focal point of the offense so you kind of need to set that in your mind ahead of time and know that and then still say okay but if i can get 40 minutes out of this guy uh, at 4,400 on, on FanDuel, then I, th- I probably want to at least consider taking the risk. Uh, what about the Cleveland side? It looks like, I don't know if Alec Burks is going to make his debut. George Hill was questionable, I think. They still are very short on personnel. We saw upwards of 40 minutes for guys like Seti, Osman, yeah. um, Larry Nance played a ton of minutes, didn't do a ton with it. Uh, he's a guy that can pour it on and play a lot of minutes, but he's not really going to score. Rodney Hood played 35, Sexton played in the high 30s. It's a bad matchup here against Boston, but I'm not sure if we're still possibly buying low and just the minutes upside in some of these Cleveland guys. Yeah, so that game against OKC, I think, is fairly instructive here. The big question I had was, what are they going to do about the minutes? Because, you know, you made the point that they just didn't have anyone, and they sure looked like a team that was playing as though they didn't have anyone. (laughs) They went into the fourth quarter, down by 11 points. They ultimately lost by 17. Um, But they wound up playing, I mean, Osman 40 minutes, Nance 36, Thompson 35, Sexton 38, Hood 35, and Clarkson 32. So I think even with, you know, and then they gave token minutes to Ante Zizek and Andrew Harrison, but it sure looks like if the game is remotely close, you're going to see mid-30s plus minutes out of all those starters. And, you know, for better or worse, that probably puts them all in play. Yeah, I they're not they're, they're none of them are good. Uh, that's this is one of the problems. This is a very this is the worst team in basketball. It's not doesn't seem all that close uh, with the personnel that they're running out there. Uh, like said, he played forty minutes and he only shot fourteen times. He got there on the rebounds, ten rebounds, and he was decent. But he's another guy. He can play a lot of minutes and just not do a ton. Um, so forty two minutes and he's kind of scraping at value uh, on some of these prices. So I think I mean he and, was great against Oklahoma City on these prices, right? Let's be clear. Oh yeah, you know, no, 14, no, no, I'm not 10, saying 6, that game. He was a great. I'm player. saying he's had some agreed on that game i'm saying he's had other games of big minutes where you've been kind of like just creeping toward value on where he is so that's 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 more what i mean by him he's just not he's just not gonna be a high volume uh scorer the, the, the team just sucks so bad like they play a very slow pace because they just don't want to give the ball back to the other team um you just you're basically just doing the math problem on how willing am i to pay to play bad players who are just going to play in a bad scheme they're going to play 40 minutes and it's getting clo- it's getting at least close on some of their prices now, and I wouldn't mind slotting in a guy here and there if I thought it was going to help make the money work. Memphis goes in and plays Brooklyn. No line in this game right now because we're waiting on uh, Marcus Saul news. He is questionable right now with a foot uh, with a foot issue. Now we just mentioned that centers just have brutalized the Nets this year, game in and game out. Um, would Gasol, if Gasol were to play here, and you know we had a line, the line would probably come and be pretty close here. I don't know, no, neither one of these teams is 
you know, significantly better than the other, I don't think. But uh, would Gasol kind of creep into that cash game viability simply because of how bad Brooklyn's defended this position? No, there's no chance I'm going to play Gasol at 9,800. doesn't really matter what the matchup is. The guy averages 42 fantasy points a game. He really needs like 37 to 39 minutes in order to get there. Memphis will play him fewer minutes in games that get out of hand. Nah, I'm not going to play Gasol. Yeah, it's interesting because this, again, we've done to the point where you said before we had to just force Rudy Gobert's projection all the way down to make sure we weren't getting him at that price point. It ended up being wrong. I think that the sites have begun correcting a little bit for this matchup because it's just been so stark about how well the position's played against this one particular team. Uh, And I think I'm with you. There's enough question marks around just the health, too, that I don't think you need to take the risk. Atlanta goes in and plays OKC. OKC, another another game of them being a big favorite. They were big favorites over Cleveland. Got there on the on the points. Now they're 13-point favorites again here against an Atlanta team that's about as bad as it gets in basketball in terms of defense, and they play a very fast pace. Westbrook's a guy showing up in every lineup for us right now uh, on FanDuel, and I believe on DraftKings as well. We did see sort of a return to a vintage stat Westbrook game from last time. Would you feel comfortable with him as your big money guy tonight in cash games? Yeah, I I don't think I would be worried about it at all. I mean, we just saw what he could do in the last game. He was really low-owned against Cleveland and just dropped 70 on them. Uh, He's triple-doubled now in two straight games. That seems to matter to him. Like, when the stats start flowing, he likes to keep chasing them. So uh, I do think that as the season progresses, and he's going to really settle in, because the big issue on Westbrook is he's averaging fewer minutes, but most of that comes from being hurt and early season especially I mean he was playing between 26 and 32 minutes a game just nowhere near his season-long totals the last two games we've seen OKC really unleash him I get the sense that they finally feel like he's healthy and if he's going to play 37 minutes you're going to see him become a $12,000 player in short order and uh, taking him against an Atlanta team that's just one of the very best defensive matchups in DFS based on their league fastest pace and bottom five defense sure I'll take as much as you'll give me and he draws their worst defender of the bunch, which is Trey Young. So it's even better. It gets even better for him, right? Like he's going to Easy. completely work Trey Young, Trey Young in this game. Um, so he, we have him has the highest overall projected player. And it, it, you know, you could make a you look at some other guy names that are on this list, and you say, oh well, Harden and Davis and LeBron and Joel and all these other guys are playing, but Westbrook just has the clear best matchup with the group. Harden's playing for the Spurs. Davis is against Miami, and LeBron is against Dallas. That one's not that bad, but he's on the back to back. So I think I think Westbrook for me. It's funny about when we start running lineups this early in the morning, it's 10 o'clock in the morning on Friday. Some of these guys just seem like almost automatic locks just to start. It's like Baines yeah. and Westbrook. You're just lo- you're locking these guys up just right away, right? Like it's just, and once you start covering it now with a bump to Marcus Smart's minutes, now you're looking at him at 4,500. And we're going to get to Tim Frazier in a second. There's guys that it's just not, we're, I can almost say with conviction outside of crazy news, there's like four or five or maybe even six guys already that are just going to be in lineups when we hit lineup lock unless they are sitting out. So it's always funny when things line up like this on a big slate, and I feel like this is one of those nights where it's going to happen that way. Uh, I don't think there's anything else to really discuss here. With Westbrook around, the rest of the guys take a huge hit on their price points, especially because they've been priced up for games where he was not around. And then Atlanta, good luck trying to figure out the minutes on that team. Uh, Jeremy Lin did sit out last game. Didn't matter for anybody else because they're just horrible. All right, Houston goes in and plays the Spurs. Uh looks like Chris Paul is not going to be back again. And I actually think, I mean, I don't know how many days in a row 
At what point, how many days in a row did we get the questionable tag on a guy before the team just said, look, he's just going to be out in two weeks? Like, you know, I mean, how many times? I hate this question. I hate the guys. There was a team that did this year. Oh, it was Orlando. It was like two or three years ago. Orlando just had like Aaron Gordon questionable for like three months. You're like, right. hey, can we just like call him out? Like, do we need to call him questionable every single night for like 40 games or something like that? It's like so insane. But um, that so- seems like the way we're trending with Chris Paul here because I do not think he, I still don't think he's all that close to coming back. We've seen the usage on Harden and Gordon uh, when he's not around. Not the best matchup against San Antonio, though they are not the San Antonio of old. They are not nearly as good on defense as they've been in the past. They are actually ranking the bottom third of the league. Could you make a case for playing these guys again, knowing Paul, or if Paul were not to play again uh, on Friday? Yeah, I think you could. I mean, certainly Harden, again, at 11-7, you'd really like to play Harden and Westbrook, I think. I mean, right. Harden's now, dude, this guy has 155 fantasy points in his last two games with Chris Paul being out. That's a lot of fantasy points. Yep. And the big thing has been the assists. I mean, 17, 13, and 13 assists in the last three games. To say nothing of the 54 points he put up on Washington. He's another guy that just seems like just a slam dunk, surefire, $12,000 plus player who the price hasn't caught up on yet. And San Antonio has been funny. I mean, they're still playing a slow place, a slow pace, bottom five pace, but they're also been a bottom five team in terms of defensive efficiency. So I think you can absolutely play people against them, especially for a guy like Harden who is going to dictate the pace and going to have the ball in his hands so often. I mean, that just raises the floor. It lowers the standard deviation, his performance dramatically. And I think you'll just play him without thinking about it too hard. Uh, Gordon, a little closer for me. I mean, we saw he didn't quite get his minutes last game. Played just 33 against Dallas. When amounts to a somewhat similar matchup defensively. And he's just really scoring dependent. And the price has come up. So I still think Gordon can get there. I still think he's a good cash game play. But not on the same order as Harden in my mind. Yeah, he's so scoring dependent. It's crazy, man. Like now, he's he's great. Like he shoots the three as good as anybody in basketball. But he doesn't do another other. He doesn't do anything else in in terms of like what you're getting on his production. So you really need that three to drop for him. Uh, and the price is ticked up just enough that you're not feeling as a, like when it was forty five hundred on DraftKings or whatever it was three games ago. I think that was a pretty easy call. Whatever. He's not. It's not going to kill you when the price ticks up just enough into like the high the high fives, which is where he is now. I believe. Yeah, he's fifty eight hundred on DraftKings. And the reason I mentioned DraftKings too is you do get those extra points for the three pointer. Um, I think that still now you're probably pushing it up to a point where I'm not sure you're getting crazy value. And then San Antonio, not a terrible matchup here against Houston. The over under is a little lower than I would have thought it would have been. It's only a two seventeen. San Antonio just a one point favorite. Aldridge and DeRozan do seem like they've had their minutes sliced a little bit in the short term, as Pop had said that they were playing too much early in the season. Not a bad matchup against a Houston team uh, that's definitely worse on defense when Paul is not around. Anything to like here on, their, on, on the Spurs side? No, not really. I think they're all just expensive, and you're going to take them in their best matchups and ignore them in normal and worse matchups, unless it's a really small slate, and that's what I'm looking at here. I'm not playing these guys. Pelicans, three-point road favorites against the Heat. We did. We meant nodded to Tim Frazier earlier in the podcast. He was a chalk play. I had my concerns when he, we obviously knew he was going to be starting, and he was taking the Wesley Johnson uh, role. Not the role. He was taking his spot in the lineup. That was, yeah. A, a spot that had not really played many minutes out of the starting lineup. And Frazier was not a guy who had been playing minutes off the bench at all. Now, I know they uh, did not have Frank Jackson that game, so they were losing a point guard. But I, I won. I, I understood why the ownership was so high. And I just, I don't know, do we make a huge mistake by not bumping him through the roof? I, I think we gave him like 25 minutes going into the game or something like that, which seemed fair to me. And now he just played 35. So one, you know, do you want do we want to evaluate the process on that? Or do we want to just talk about like his 
stock going into tonight. You can kind of choose how well, you want the, to take the it. Well, the big thing we missed, I think, was that he actually wound up playing point guard. You know, a lot of the guys that have filled in in that role, like the Wesley yep. Johnson role, were guys like Wesley Johnson who don't dribble the ball up the court and they would have lower time of possession than a guy like Frazier wound up having in that game. Uh, the fact that he dished 12 assists tells you basically all you need to know, which is the fact that they were happy with him taking the ball up the court. They didn't want Drew Holiday doing it when he was out there, and that led to much higher fantasy production than I would have guessed. And since he was effective, I think he wound up getting more minutes than potentially even they planned to give him. So uh, 36 minutes seems like it would be on the high end. Like It would be hard to imagine him getting a lot more than that. But he's really, really cheap and was really, really good <laughs> when he was out right. there last time. So I think he'd probably be... On the crazier end to not throw him out there, given that 40% of the field did on you know, 25 minutes or whatever. And the prices come up, but not dramatically so. And the one, one nice thing about these big slates, too, is, is that you can get kind of a C of these guys in the 4,000s. Like, if you can play Baines and Frazier for starters, and then maybe you fill in a Marcus Smart or something like that, all of a sudden, each of those guys has a much less significant floor because... Even if one of them flames out, you're probably going to get good performances from some of the others. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great night for Frazier. Yeah, uh, I think you're going to see him around maybe even higher ownership than Baines. Like, just based on what happened last game, the price does move up a little bit. But he was so good that the chalk uh, the chalk all got there. And everyone that didn't play him is fully aware of what happened as well. So, I think that um, I think you're going to see really crazy high ownership on him. And when you start, like you said, when you start playing Baines and Frazier, that is the path to start playing Westbrook and Harden together. And like another $9,000 guy. You're just getting such huge savings um, on some of these cheaper guys that um, Frazier, Smart, and Baines all of a sudden means you just have a ton of, you have a, a lot of minutes and a lot of fantasy floor from those three and then just a lot of salary left over. And the other good thing about Frazier on DraftKings is that he's shooting guard eligible. And when you can get a point guard playing the shooting guard position, uh, at least on DraftKings for very cheap, uh, that's basically something you just have to lock yourself into. So uh, I, that's one reason I like DraftKings a little bit more. It just gives you so much more lineup flexibility. Mm. So 4,200 for him, he's, he's going to be an overwhelming chalk play as well, just because, again, point guard in the shooting guard slot. Uh, Miami, uh, good luck figuring out the minutes on these losers. I, you know, James Johnson starts, plays 19 minutes. Who knows? Linux comes in off the bench. You think you're going to see Ellington play a lot. He kind of doesn't. The only guy, if I sound disappointed, is because I stared at this stupid team for like a half hour last night trying to fi- figure right. out, well, Rodney Magruder, is he going to play 38 minutes? or Because th- he was kind of a popular player the other night on a short slate. Like Magruder and Ellington and, we're, you know, who's dribbling the ball up? And I just kind of just threw my hands up and said, screw it, and just kind of gave them basically average minutes. I, is there anything to like about this team? The, the game's supposed to stay close. New Orleans, can they can give it up on the defensive end, and I'm just not... I just don't trust anything about this Miami team. Yeah, I mean, I think Magruder is still a trustworthy guy on a minutes level. Uh, the performance kind of comes and goes because, like you said, they don't always know who's going to be the primary ball handler. And he's, like, just expensive for what his average production is, so you don't need to play him. Outside of him, though, yeah, they're I think they're just mixing and matching and hoping for the best. I mean, Richardson stays out there, but he's not a $7,900 player in a normal game script. The guy's averaged, again, 34 fantasy points a game. I don't know why... It just seems like the sites, for some reason, just make a decision on a guy's price. Or, like, it hits a high point, and then they just forget that you can also lower it or something. Because the guy, like, maybe he had a little stretch earlier this season, but 34 fantasy points. Like, there's no matchup he could be in where that would be a reasonable play. So, yeah, Miami's mostly in the skip category, I guess, is what I'm saying. In spite of a pretty good matchup here. 
Yeah, and they're still without Tyler Johnson and Goran Dragic, so it's not like they are coming here at full strength. You you would think usually when you lose your point guard and essentially your backup point guard, that's going to open up minutes. Yeah, but like Ellington's price has come up. It it did open up some opportunity, but I think we... And we tapped into it, right? And we played Ellington at 4,200, but at 5,600, you just need to be an actual good player. And, you know, he's hit that sometimes and sometimes not, and that just makes him a GPP play to me. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think you hit it on the nail on the head, and then we're gonna see. You just haven't seen consistent minutes out of Whiteside either in the short term. So just kind of a team that they're at the whim of the rotations, and that's I don't know yep. catching a falling knife territory in tr- terms of trying to figure out where the they don't even they, honestly. Last note on this, it's not even like these guys have tons of upside either. So it's like sometimes you guess right on the guy, and it's like what does he do? He just scrapes up the value I, at time. Maybe get a well Ellington like <laughs> lights out shooting game. But right. it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like these guys have upside. All right. Anyway, Orlando goes in and plays Phoenix. Uh, the big news here, obviously, is waiting on Aaron Gordon news. The aforementioned, the guy who was questionable for a whole season, uh, he's questionable again tonight. I, it's a different regime, so I don't think it's going to be the same kind of injury reporting. But he's questionable. Jonathan Isaac did get to start the other night. It's a great matchup here still against Phoenix. We're going to talk about them in a second. But uh, Vucevic, he has been just I'm, I'm freaking amazing this season. One of the very best fantasy centers and just overall centers in the game. Um, would you be interested in playing him in a, in a what's lines up as a good matchup here against the Suns and I think there's some other guys we can consider as well Isaac maybe even Terrence Ross off the bench what are your thoughts here on the Magic uh, I don't think you're going to want to play Vooch I think he's a good player and this ultimately falls in the, it's still a Orlando category because the guys only played 35 minutes in one game since the Philly game on November 14th so he's going to need minutes in order to be a $9,500 player granted he's done it sometimes without it right like you know he put 55 up against Golden State in 32 minutes so he certainly got the upside to be a really good player on this price, especially if just something wonky happens and he winds up with more minutes than you'd expect. But unfortunately, I don't think I'm super interested. But I would probably, you know, with some reservation, uh, point to a lot of these other guys that were chalked last time. Guys like Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Simmons. Both of those were north of 50% ownership in their last game. It's a better matchup now. The minutes should still be there. Uh, even Terrence Ross off the bench. Like, these are not exciting names to hear for me, but, you know, they're in some ways, they're guys who can wind up making the money work for you. And, you know, it, it's interesting. When you have these cheap players, it's like the uh, opposite of diminishing returns, <laughs> whatever that is called, like increasing or sending returns or something where... When you have a bunch of $4,000 players on FanDuel already, you're heavily incentivized to play even more of them uh, if they're good plays. Because, again, you don't know who the bad play is going to be. And if they're like decent but slightly volatile, uh, you can get away with it a little bit more. So I guess I would consider those mid-range guys. And probably Isaac would be the one. Just based on, because I watched that game, and I was, just because I was like, well, what is going on with Jonathan Simmons primarily? Um, yeah, <laughs> but it, it sure looked to me like Isaac was the most secure guy in that role. And, you know, then probably Ross and Simmons would be a toss up after that. Yeah, um, you, you're encouraged by the rebounds that Isaac pulled down seven rebounds that game in 30 minutes um, that he's got talent. Uh, he just so seemed that's, involved that's not... out there like and like, yes. Simmons just didn't seem involved. That was the thing that concerned me. He he's a tough like, one to watch, man. He just can just around, you, you're, yeah. you that's definitely a guy you tune in to wonder about like is he actually I see his name like in a box score and I only have the two TVs going or whatever and I need to like make sure that he just let's just switch over real quick make sure he's is actually on the court and that's not just like some API misreporting that it's actually like Wesley Wundu or something like that um, <laughs> and then you go over and you're like oh god damn it he isn't he is actually playing that's even worse <laughs> it would have been better if he wasn't um, 
No, I think I'm with you. I think Isaac, the, the price does come up a little bit, but I think you can see him as another popular play again tonight. Uh, and Ross does get an increased usage off the bench. And the, the, look, and the last thing we're just going to need to wait on is if it, if Gordon is actually out or not, because again, of he's course, still yeah. listed as questionable. And then Phoenix, Phoenix does the thing that bad teams do. They start a guy, Isaiah Kanan, um, one game, he plays like 30 minutes, and then they cut him. <laughs> like the next game, he's just off the team. It just makes no sense. Like you never see this. Is, it's like what happens in like rec league basketball or something like that. It, just, yeah. it makes no sense at all. Like, so he's off the team. They move Booker essentially to the point guard uh, and then uh, bring off uh, Eli Akobo off the bench. He, Akobo is cheap. He was awesome last game. Yeah. He's coming actually cheaper. Well, now he's the same price as Frazier. So I don't think you'd, you wouldn't prioritize Frazier over him. You, would, thought of maybe play- you would prioritize Frazier over him. Apologies, apologies. Yes, you would you would play Frazier over Okobu. Um yeah. And I'm just like wondering your thoughts here. I mean, what are the thoughts of maybe stacking them both together? They're so cheap. I, I don't know if I want to get away from Westbrook and start piling on. The, nah, the, you don't. You don't want to do Okobu on Fanduel. I don't think. But you can do him on DraftKings, dude. He's still the minimum price there. And I mean, we played him in that late slate on the news that Devin Booker had been moved to doubtful. Gotta love the Suns too, by the way. Like you're sitting there, it's nine thirty. Oh, yeah, that was the other one. Yep. And you're like, you know something. We better go let the media know that Devin is going to be doubtful now. They're like, okay. TJ well, Warren was doubtful too, go. and they both played. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> all they, right, let's race out. They, they, right, they lowered the status on both. So we update the model. I'm like, dude, Elliot Kobo, you, you got to play him and Jamal Crawford probably, right? Oh, and yeah. so anyway, I update it. And then at like 10.15, they're like, nah, dude, you go out there and Psych. play. We change our mind. You, you actually seem totally fine. 45 Gamesmanship. <laughs> it's just like, it's so ridiculous. It's it's so frustrating too because we this happened actually, not to go off on a complete tangent here about this, but this exact thing happened last night with the Clippers where it's like Marcin Gortat, he's doubtful, not going to play. You're like, oh, Boban ever. Boban was a 50% start in cash. <laughs> didn't He didn't play because uh, Gortat was like, he's doubtful and then you line up lock yeah, and then at like say 9 he was o'clock. Out? No, we said he was doubtful. Well, then they line up lock and then the news is Gortat said he's available. The team didn't say he was available. Gortat tells, <laughs> Gortat tells like a random reporter that he's available. And then God, like five it. minutes later, the team's like, oh, we send the PR guy out there. We're going to tell him that he is available. And he plays and Boban doesn't Boban doesn't start at all. Just gets zero minutes. I hate to see it's just like cla- yeah, classic like West Coast <laughs> doubtful thing. Anyway, uh, Okobo, uh, nice DraftKings play if you think the minutes are going to yeah. be there. He's not going to shoot as well as he shot last game. Um, he's a relative unknown, so I always caution people with stuff like this. And this is also still the Suns. Just remember, they just took their starting point guard and released him. So like, I think I on 3K, though, want- I think you're safe. I, I do think that I think that, you're probably safe. I'm just low sa- enough I'm- that you can do it. I'm 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 fine playing him. I think that he's cheap enough that Sounds I think you like do. You don't and want I'm to play saying, him, but I'm well, I'm saying that you cannot trust teams that have a starting <laughs> point guard one day that flat out release the guy two days later. So like that's just we're just talking about a totally different situation than Sounds most like you don't other want to play teams. Him. That, that, you said your opinion. I think we should move. on. Mavericks go ahead and play the Lakers. Lakers coming on the back-to-back here. LeBron was excellent last night against the Pacers. Um, Mavericks uh, are moving into a situation now where this is Doncic's team for sure. Uh, He kind of had not a viral video kind of night, but he had a couple just amazing plays. He had a step-back corner three uh, that just looked all the world like he'd been playing basketball forever. He had kind of a buzzer-beater three-pointer to end the half. So he just kind of – it was one of those games. It's not like a coming-out party because obviously the guy's great, but it was also one of these ones where, like, this guy just looks like he's played just forever. And I do think they're turning the team more over to him, especially from a just facilitation role. He's getting a little bit expensive. This is still a pretty good matchup against the Lakers. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this game? Feels like there should be plays here, and I'm just maybe not seeing it because there's other value on the slate. Yeah, I mean, our system wonders if LeBron is the big money payoff you've been looking for tonight. I mean, he's 11000 so he's cheaper than some of those other guys like Harden and Westbrook. Uh, he's probably 
safer minutes wise than Westbrook. Maybe not, but the Lakers have moved him back up into like a 35 to 40 minute rotation. The average fantasy points on the year are reasonable. Dallas is a team that's played slow but poorly on defense for two years in a row now and a little bit faster this year. I don't know. He's he's like the guy that's jumping out right now in the system. I can't say I feel great about it. I'd much rather play Harden or Westbrook, but uh, right now the system is, is it's piqued its interest. I think there's some kind of small forward issue because I'm seeing a lot of weird small forwards come across the line here. But um, your thoughts on LeBron? I don't know. I, I, he doesn't seem like a payoff that I hope for. You, no, you're right. You're, you're you're pointing to what the issue here is, which is small forward. If you yeah. look down this list of small forwards, this is a this is a real bad looking list tonight. I'm just gonna roll through real quick with the, and then we're gonna get out of here. But uh, Jonathan Isaac, I think, is a pretty clear play. But then after that, you're like, okay, I can play Seti Osman in a blowout thing again in a terrible matchup against Boston. Uh, Hernan, Juancho Hernan Gomez, uh, that price is up to five thousand. I don't know if you want to go there. And then it that's that's like the top of the list. Then you get then you get the guys like Etwan Moore, Jonathan Simmons, who we mentioned, TJ Warren. Actually, I don't mind Warren at sixty three hundred. Um, he's he actually I think does yeah, have not, some upside. Not and then it, but then it really falls off a cliff. Kyle Anderson, Rodney Hood, Paul George in a blowout. Ingles, and then you get down to LeBron and forget the the, the list. Well, yeah, and, and so you know, there, but there's two, and there's cheap guys like Isaac Simmons, Seti Osman. One thing I will say about Phoenix because just because we glossed over this. Phoenix is a team that will run those guys out there for huge minutes in games that manage to stay close. But they're so bad that they're very rarely in games that stay close. So right. if you can get them tonight, that game is a pick on right now. Uh, that seems like a pretty good value. to. I like Warren. I like Booker probably for that reason too. Um, right now, um, just because so we, we'll have a betting article coming up later today, we, we our system does not see this game as a pick. This, this our system sees this as Phoenix winning this like sort of handily. So uh, we'll have some of these bets coming up uh, as a premium article later on today. Uh, but Vegas has a pick them. We do not. I know we backtrack back a game. Last game, Denver and Portland. Uh, not a ton of injury news here outside of the Gary Harris. Possibly, probably, it seems like he's going to come back. I believe he practiced yesterday. Um, and the, and the, Mike Malone did say that there was a chance he was going to play. Um, that was news we had been waiting on last week. Uh, excuse me, last time they played on a short slate where that news really mattered where there was only three games. I don't think that news matters nearly as much tonight mm-hmm. with so many other options. Uh, any final thoughts here on Denver and Portland? Oh, not really. I, you know, Denver and Portland both have these guys, you know, like the CJ McCollums of the world or whoever that are like fine. And if they're in your lineup, then you're make do. And I think on a short slate or on a short slate, you'd look at them a lot more because you can get some decent floor, especially out of some of the bigger Portland guys like Lillard and McCollum. I think on a big slate like this, they just lash, lack the flashy upside that you're going to need tonight. Because I think tonight it's going to be the way it's shaping up. When you start a night with Frazier and Baines, it's already going to be a stars and scrubs night, basically. And the question you're going to ask yourself is, do I want? Are my stars going to be Lillard or like Jokic on questionable minutes? I don't think so. So I'll probably be uh, be generally ignoring this game. Yeah, and, bo- and by the way, both these teams are very good, and they're very they're good on yeah, defense. Yeah, that's great. So Congratulations, like a, you, way to make a good team. I don't care because it's DFS. You know? <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, dailyfantasysportsrankings.com is the site. DFSR.com/deals gets you uh, that free seven day trial for our projection system powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab. Optimal lineups for NBA, NFL as well. Premium chat, premium articles going up every, just about every single day. Uh, we think it's about as good a deal as you'll find in the industry. You come around for those seven days. We think you'll be with us for the long. Hall going over into the chat room. Just join the community of people that are talking sports pretty much all day, but especially in the evenings. Yeah, it's a sports bar you don't have to leave your house for. DFSR.com slash deals. Go check it out, buddy. Talk to you next week. Enjoy your Friday night at basketball. Goodbye.
I've got to tell you about this cool show I discovered called Small Business Revolution Main Street. It's a business makeover show with tons of awesome advice. What I love about it is they do it all with heart, not the hyped-up drama of those other shows we've all seen. Ty Pennington, the renovation guy, he's on it. And Amanda Brinkman, this marketing guru from Deluxe. Definitely check it out. You can watch it on Hulu, Prime, or smallbusinessrevolution.org.